0: guys, you are tuned in to episode five of Justified Pursuit. Cable Smith along with Chisholm Cook. And this week we are going to uh, recap and analyze the recent debate, if you could even call it that, between uh, President Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. And Chisholm, just in watching this, I mean the general consensus between my wife and I, we just kind of looked at each other and and laughed at the ridiculous nature of what transpired on Tuesday night.
1: Yeah. Try reading it, (laughs) which I did to prepare for this. Um, I think it's even worse (laughs) when you try (laughs) to read it than actually watching it. Um, Yeah. I, I watched it with some neighbors Mm -hmm. and I left with a different impression than uh, everybody else who I've spoken with or listened to speak on it. Came home. My wife was at home doing some photo editing and watching it sort of, you know, half watching it while she worked on this. And I asked her what she thought and she said pretty much that, that it was a joke and she didn't think anybody looked good. Um, I, I'd like to hear more about y'all's overall impression, you know, w- before I kind of get too far into some of my takes on it.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think Trump didn't do himself any favors. It to me, it looked like a two-year-old throwing a tantrum at a, a senior citizen who was equally ill-prepared for the, uh, the debate. But also, it wasn't it wasn't a two-way street yes trump was was clearly interrupting chris wallace and joe biden but when biden would do it back chris wallace kind of just let him do it and you know chris wallace it's it's no secret that he's not a fan of trump so i didn't really think that that was a fair shake but just watching the like the petty nature of it um and most of that came from trump which uh, again kind of upset me um I don't really know if there was a winner or a loser. I think the American public was the loser, having to watch that. Uh, to be honest with you, um, he had an, he had opportunities to really put Biden to the to the flame, and he didn't capitalize on him. Um, you know, the thing that's been in the news the most is the him not condemning white supremacy groups. I don't know why it was so hard for him to just say. Of course, I condemn those, which he has done in the past, despite what people want you to believe. Um, but I think that was a missed opportunity for sure. And and then the other thing that stood out was Biden didn't answer any of the questions, especially the one on would he stack the Supreme Court, add more justices. And he just flat out said, I'm not going to answer that. Why are you here, dude? What, what are we doing? We're having a debate. He's asking you a question. And he... and, and chris wallace just let him get off scot-free he didn't he should have pressed the issue so i don't i don't think that it was a very fair debate that being said like i like i mentioned trump came off as arrogant and childish that was a that was my general take on the entire (laughs) shit show that we had to that we were subjected to
1: yeah so what it leaves me with is um the question why, um, you know, I, I definitely agree. Trump interrupted a lot. Yeah, you, there's no, <laughs> there's no denying it. Right. It's, uh, it's just a fact. Apparently there's statistics kept on this sort of thing. And, and Trump interrupted close to 90 times uh, versus like Biden close to 30. So it was like three to one. Right. Right. Um, at the same time, To me, even despite that, and this is part of the surprise I've had, surprise isn't maybe the right word, but I guess a little bit of confusion that I've had with the the reaction to it, particularly from uh, Republicans slash people on the right. The, he seemed to me, when I I watched it, I I saw two men, one of whom is a, a, a president who looked to me like he's got a country to run or he is running a country.
0: Uh-huh.
1: The other, an old man who looked and sounded like an old man, yeah, uh, a, a really old man. In fact, um, you know, with the, uh, like Trump was, I'd say more clear and concise than I really ever remember him being. Um, and so that being said, like, I mean, he, I felt like he was sharp and it, like I said, it leaves me with the question of why then be so impatient. And I say the word impatient because I think anybody who's paying attention knows that if you just give Biden some rope, he's going to hang himself.
0: Uh,
1: That that goes back to the 80s. Uh, But certainly here this year, since he's jumped into this race, and his, uh, like we talked about, in, in one of the prior episodes, you know, I won't go so far as to call it dementia, but his faculties have slipped since his time as vice president, right? Yeah, he absolutely. was a gaffe machine way before that. And so to me, I, I think there was a strategy at play. I just don't know how well Trump executed it, but the strategy would be rile him up, uh, you know, so that he makes mistakes and Um, and kind of loses his cool and and that worked I mean he called him a clown twice told him shut up man once you know but that didn't turn anybody off that was already voting for Biden and it didn't turn anybody to Trump that wasn't already for Trump right
0: yeah so (laughs) what do we have have to do I mean I I learned nothing literally nothing because Biden would not answer the questions uh, and then the the one i mean a prime example of his lacking mental faculties was when he went on this tr- he tried to make a point about the number the stati- statistics of uh covid and he started out with 200 million people yeah. dying then he backtracked to 200,000 and then start started saying the survivors but how are dead people survivors <laughs> just like yeah no what I, in the I, hell are you talking about man
1: he didn't have the meltdown that I think a lot of people were expecting slash hoping for depending on your position. Yeah. But he didn't come across as, as like I said, nowhere near as sharp as Trump. I I mean, I, and you know me, dude, I haven't been a huge Trump fan. I was not a Trump fan at all four years ago.
0: Yeah. Um, but I remember the sitting last- there in the turkey woods with you and we were discussing it and at that point in time you were like man really apprehensive about him being the republican nomination uh, nominee
1: right and you know what what i kind of started to realize about 18 months ago is first of all what leftism really is and how far left uh, a, a segment of this country has shifted and you know pretty much throughout this presidency, I've learned what that leads to and I'm against it a hundred percent. And so one thing I realized a couple of years back that it, at, at worst, I mean, at, at worst, best one of the things Trump has done is unveiled to the American public. What leftism is, and yeah. there's tremendous value in that to me, I think he may have drove some people into the arms of the left at, <laughs> while doing so. But um, so he's, he's shown us that, but then I think I've told you this before. I, I'm going to vote on policy, not on personality.
0: Absolutely. And unfortunately,
1: yeah. And unfortunately, since the, I guess, the Kennedy Nixon debates, which were the first televised debates, the country's done the opposite by and large.
0: I watched um, some of those. They've, they've been playing those on TV this week. And I went back and watched a few clips from that. And It was night and day compared to what we witnessed this week. (laughs) I mean yeah
1: well I mean that's a whole like that's almost answers to
0: questions and it wasn't a it wasn't so heated it was it seemed more of a uh, philosophical approach to trying to win votes. Um, Much more thought out I would say.
1: Sure Uh, it was there was you know some there was decorum expected right and Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a lot to that. The media landscape at the time wasn't full of reality TV and absolute garbage, brain damaging television, right? This is what we see from Trump. I think a lot of it is deliberate. I think some of it is uh, just a lack of discipline. And that's the part that continues to, you know, I continue to struggle, struggle with is that like I said, in in this particular debate, he could have picked his spots to rattle him, rattle Biden, mm-hmm. and not just. I just think he just he just overplayed it. It was it was way too much, you know. But again, I, I so I, like I said, I, when I look at evaluating this on policy, it's not even a question whose policies I I prefer, and some of those policies I didn't agree with four years ago. Tra- traditional con- conservative orthodoxy in the United States is You know, globalist free trade, right? And Trump is an isolationist. He's not a free trader, he calls himself, I guess, like a fair trader, right? Um, And that was one of the things I used to say that proved he kind of isn't really even a Republican. He was something else. He was more of a populist. Populism is where the left and right come back around. It's not a line, it's a circle, right? And, you know, it's just a matter of what you're offering to the populist mob, that determines whether you're a right wing populist or a left wing populist, but it's making the same appeals. But then COVID hit and I realized, wow, 98% of our drugs and just over the counter and prescription drugs are all made in China. 95% of our PPEs made in China.
0: Yeah,
1: That's a problem. Trump was right about that. And he's been right about that since the eighties. Yeah, He's been banging that drum for almost four, for almost as long as Joe Biden's been a elected official.
0: Well, and how do we see such a drop in unemployment during the first uh, three years of his presidency if he wasn't, on some level, bringing jobs back to the American people? And yeah, I mean, because of the isolation, isolationist uh, nature of his policy, his beliefs. Um, you know, of course, it all went to crap when COVID hit, but before that, I mean... Um, you should have seen my weed stocks, man. They were thriving. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, <laughs> the, I, I think there's some tension now, they're but not. he even acknowledged <laughs> that he even acknowledged some tension in what he was doing on the trade war front, holding back even potentially more growth because it's, uh, It's kind of like how we wrapped up the last call. When you want to disrupt the status quo that uh, significantly, it it doesn't, there has to be an adjustment and a recalibration of of that market, right? So, you know, the trade war with China was putting tremendous stress on like Midwest farmers who were relying on China buying their goods, right? And then we ended up having to pump more, uh, basically emergency stimulus into those Midwest farmers' pockets because of that trade war at the same time, from what I can tell, and I'm certainly no economist, the long-term outcome of those efforts look like they would benefit us in at least some, some areas. Right. But in the meantime, we had to, we had to prop up that industry. So that's, you know, again, kind of part of the reason why it's not typical Republican Orthodox. It required a handout. And the thing that I hate about that is, you're never going to get that handout back now. I mean, the ag industry, sorry farmers, but is the most subsidized industry in America. And it Mm -hmm. has been for a really, really long time. Um, and like I said, once you, once you offer that money, good luck pulling it back. But
0: (laughs) anyway, it's a hard time with the, um, I would just say impoverished regardless of, uh, race, is you know they want to vote Democrat because they've been getting handouts, welfare, uh, you name it, for so long. Well, so
1: let's 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 like leave welfare alone. Uh, Social Security is the ticking time bomb that will bankrupt this country, man. Welfare mm-hmm. in comparison is a is a drop in the bucket. Social Security is a gigantic, you know, sword of Damocles hanging over all of our heads, and Trump himself is, absolutely refuses to touch it because old people generally uh, have historically voted Republican and he certainly needs them to continue to do so. And they don't want to lose their social security. Right. Um,
0: Which part of so, me is like, so, well, so, why yeah. should they lose it? Because they've been paying into it their entire lives. So,
1: well, but there's a way to reform it that doesn't cause that group to lose it. Right. There are, there are ways to reform social security that are fair, and you know we're getting off we're getting off path we can tackle that at some other time but yeah i'm not i'm not sitting here saying that people say within 15 or even maybe 20 years of of retirement age should necessarily lose it but at some point we got to stem the bleeding um and and you know well so personally well
0: well so getting back on topic why why do you think Trump didn't answer the like directly just head on the white supremacy question?
1: Right. I mean, that's to me, when I walked out of my neighbor's house, that was, I knew that that was going to be the thing they, that would be all over all the news sources yesterday morning. And obviously it was, and man, I, I think it's one of two possibilities. Um, First, let me go back to the way, that, the way that the question was originally presented and the issue of Chris Wallace, the moderator, because uh, you touched on that at the beginning. And that's definitely something I had on my list of things I wanted to talk to you about. You know, the way that whole exchange started is that Chris Wallace to Joe Biden said, you know, Vice President Biden, you said that it was the Charlottesville the response to the Charlottesville, Charlottesville protests and ultimately rioting that caused you to jump into this race Uh, because of the statement, there were quote, good people on both sides. Everybody that has paid a lick of attention in America knows that in the seconds before Trump said good people on both sides, he said, I'm not talking about the white supremacists. I'm not talking about the KKK. I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis. What he was talking about was the debate about the, about the statues coming down or not and that there were good people on both sides of that issue. And he's right. I frankly don't care about the Confederate statues, man. I, f- I think statues are idolatry. I'd take every damn one of them down. Yeah, But I they're like also them. a reminder of our history. They're also a reminder of our history. And he's like, not I wrong that they're-
0: to Watch a, a Ranger game. I like seeing a statue of Nolan Ryan. That's cool. I mean, again,
1: I'm not on a crusade to take them all down. <laughs> I'm just saying if it was up to me, I wouldn't have them, right?
0: The statues but, bother me a lot less than the Confederate flag. I'll I'll put it that way. Oh uh, yeah,
1: I think I'd, I think I'd probably agree with that. I mean, it, uh, it's a lot more.
0: Not that the, I, I mean get, like offended when I see one. I'm just kind of like, eh, that's not uh, it's not my cup of tea. And uh, you know. Yeah, it, I mean, it's
1: your own. It's listen. I won't say that every single person who flies a Confederate flag is a racist but their percentage is much higher in among those who there's the percentage of racists among Confederate flag flyers is higher than the average percentage of racists in American society.
0: Right. I mean, that's gotta be fact. Yeah. Right.
1: right. That's gotta be, I'm pretty sure that could be verifiable, but you know, at least with it, to your point, at least with the statue, you have to know what the statue is to even, I mean, you have to know who the guy was, what he did, right. To see it as a racist symbol, I guess. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows what the flag represents. Right. But the point is, People want to hang people from the right want to hang Chris Wallace for having phrased the question like that. But the reality is, I'm a firm believer that Chris Wallace is hands down the best newsman in America. I really mean that. Because he beats up everybody. And that's what a newsman is supposed to do. And Trump does plenty to get beat up for. He didn't phrase that question as though it was a fact. He phrased it as the way Joe Biden approaches it. And as far as the the sequence. If you really think about it, man, he put that in front of Biden, in Biden's terms, and then was going to give Trump two minutes to respond to it. Trump knows that his supporters know how he what how that conversation how that point in that moment in time really went that he qualified the good on both sides with not talking about the white supremacists. Mm -hmm. If Trump had been disciplined, he could have said when he started his two minutes, First of all, Chris, the way you frame that is crap. I never said that like that, and everybody knows it. I said X, Y, and Z. And then we would have never gotten to the moment where Chris Wallace had to pin him down on the white supremacy thing because he could have just restated his words from four years ago or three years ago.
0: But you're telling me but Chris he didn't- Wallace is the the most fair newsman in America, yet I'm watching him pin pin trump down and not do the same thing to biden like what so the other the other side a, of it he why didn't he revisit the are you going to stack the supreme court like
1: well so I, like i said i read the transcript and he did a couple times but uh-huh. trump jumped in and did that for him he didn't he, he, he i think he tried at least once maybe twice to restate the question it was a very pointed question yeah it started out as like, hey, your party wants to do this. Where are you on that? And he, and he dithered, and he was like, sir, answer the question. Then that was the first place where Trump just jumped in, and he said, so answer the question, answer the question. He doesn't want to answer the question. He doesn't want to answer that question. We all know the answer da, da, da. Chris Wallace's job was to try to maintain some level of order, right? And I think the point was made. Everybody saw it. Everybody knows he refused to answer the question. That was an example of where Trump should have let Chris do his job. He was trying to. Right. But he, he overran him. And, you know, getting back, you made the point, like, seemed like he was checking Trump more than he was checking Biden. Well, that's because Trump interrupted three times more times than Biden did. You know, he asked okay. that question. He asked uh, several other very pointed questions. Uh,
0: but this is where you're telling it. me you thought that Trump came off as uh, calculated. And I'm telling you, I think he came off as a, as a toddler.
1: No, well, what I'm saying is I I don't, I, so I read Trump's book, the art of the deal back during the last election cycle and anybody who's read it knows he's told us how he would do this again for almost 40 years. Um, Chaos is his negotiating tactic and it's not invalid. It's a well understood negotiate negotiating tactic. Keep, your opponent off balance like he talks in the book about how he would go into a boardroom where they were negotiating some real estate deal and he would deliberately say something insane and then walk out and like elbow the guys he was with and be like what do you think they're gonna do with that right like he so i think there was some strategy in the way he was trying to handle biden and wallace to that to that end but i i just feel like he way overplayed it but getting back to the white supremacy thing. Like I said, the way that Chris Wallace set it up, giving Trump the opportunity to respond to that, he could have said, America, go on YouTube and find the video and see for yourself. I wasn't talking about white supremacists when I said good people on both sides. I denounce white supremacists. And that would have been that. But he didn't take that approach, right? he I don't remember what specifically Biden said that Trump took off on a tangent with, but you know, Wallace brought him back to this white supremacy thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I will say, he said white supremacists and militias. And you know, we talked about the Second Amendment. I'd like to know where they're going with this malicious side of things. Uh, don't get me wrong; there are some bad groups of people who do, who, who call themselves militias, right? Yeah. Um, but if what's down. being advocated is that there's no longer that the the concept of a militia is outlawed in this country uh, or should be. Uh, I have a problem with that, but so he pinned him down. He was like, what do you want me to call? Who who do you want me to, who do you want me to address? Who do you want me to, who do you want me to say? Right. And he said, white supremacist. And and then he didn't. And so it leaves me torn between two possibilities. One, he feels like by throwing the proud boys out there, he addressed it. And by giving, giving Wallace the, I mean, it got chaotic, right? So I don't, know what was in Trump's mindset. He either feels like letting, saying, I I do, I do just name them and and Wallace naming them was sufficient. Or, and I do think there may be some of this, he knows that there is a unsavory subset of this society that will vote for him if he doesn't antagonize them. And that's the- I would
0: say that's such a small- percentage compared to the people he is willing to antagonize.
1: So some of the conservative voices that I listen to that are mm, not maybe not never Trumpers anymore. They might have been four years ago, but they're certainly still not big fans of his, they have said, and I tend to agree that that in I don't I, I don't think Donald Trump is a racist. But I think he might think and they think he might think that enough republicans are um being you know look at his background he's an upper east coast guy he's a new york guy right
0: we know the way we know the way the great african americans before it was like cool
1: well but but also we know the way that the people of new york and the east coast elites in general look at the rest of the country and look at the right in particular right they think we're all a bunch of redneck you know redneck racist, right? So I kind of I wouldn't Especially be surprised, you're a, male,
0: you're a racist,
1: right? I would not be surprised if with his background, life background, that's not that, that Trump doesn't somewhat share that view. And that some of the things the left refers to a dog dog as dog whistles are actually that like that he he feels like it's a bigger group within the Republican Party than it is. I, I think that on the sort of like, sort of adjacent to that is the idea that there are certainly plenty of Republicans who are are aware of the left's attempt to make race the issue of every single conversation all the time, and who do say that, you know, simply being white means you're privileged and all the stuff that drives us nuts, right? And they basically tell us like, oh, you're a racist, you just don't even know it yet. There's enough people who aren't racist who are sick and tired of that crap. He's kind of speaking to both of those at the same time, right? And I'm, I think the part of the problem is he, the line for him gets blurred, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, <laughs> part of the time, I think he's just undisciplined and let himself get carried away in that moment and, and thought he did enough to deny it and, and knows that the history, that the actual recording is out there, maybe he thought, I don't need to speak to this. I've spoken to it. This is all misconstrued, and I'm just not going to give it any air. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he was like, "I better not tick off anybody who aligns, considers themselves a white supremacist who wants to vote for me." I don't know. The latter is not cool. Um, I would much prefer the man to uh, lose those votes <laughs> right. than uh, than feel any need to.
0: Well, I don't uh, even think he loses the in- votes, man. I mean, there's if they're still going to vote, they're not going to vote for Biden. So, I,
1: right, right. And, it, and so it kind of goes to the question of like what is the strategy? Either yeah. either he either it was a straight flub and if it was, it was a bad one, man. It was so easy. It was yeah. a softball, dude, like just hanging up to be smashed into the upper deck. Yep. That or it's kind of deliberate with a wink and a nod and that's not good. Right? Um, it's just not, that. It, I, like I said, I, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody nobody knows what's in his head. Um, but, you know, my hope is that in two weeks when they regroup, he makes sure to take at least one opportunity to say, I condemn white supremacy. I condemn racism, just like I did after Charlottesville. And I have always done and make it abundantly clear so that they can't keep Somebody I was listening to made the point that debates um, that it's hard to change the narrative on an incumbent via a debate, but it's real easy to reinforce it. And that's exactly what that moment was. It was reinforcement of the narrative that Trump's a racist and all of his followers, all of his supporters are racist. And it was a super easy one to not, not let it go that way. Right? Like it was an easy one to, to address and he didn't. And and there were several You know instances like that I could point to Where Trump supporters would say oh Chris Wallace was being really Really biased but if you think Strategically about the way he framed up The the initial question uh, Even the timing of who was going to respond First and stuff if Trump Would just listen And address the question asked As asked he has a chance to Correct the moderator there right? He totally does. Uh, one of the other areas was the back and forth on um, that thing we wrapped up our last podcast with, but this, this uh, critical race theory that was being promoted in government agencies across the country, uh, and it has been in colleges across the country for a long time, but Trump <laughs> did not take the opportunity to explain what critical race theory was very well, no. right? I think there's probably a lot of watchers in, in, of that debate and, you know, voters that are insulated from it who would hear that and not have a clue what it means. Right. And more importantly, what it means in practice, which is what his executive order was aimed and at.
0: Just assume that what they've heard from the, left-wing media is true and that it's a racist thing <laughs> right You're just going right. to associate and, it with oh that's just something racist that he did you know so. right uh,
1: so 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 chris wallace sort of pushed back and said well you know what's wrong with racist sensitivity training that doesn't mean that he was defending in my opinion it does not mean that he was defending critical race theory he gave Trump an opportunity to explain it in his own words, you know, like that question was teed up for Donald Trump to defend his action. And I don't think, you know, where I do think he was pretty clear, um, for the most part throughout the debate, that was an area to me where if he had, if he was more composed and more focused, you know, he could have given a two minute dissertation takedown of critical race theory, but, he didn't have a great handle on it you know then you know i think by and large it's something he knows is a problem but we all know he's not really a detailed in the weeds guy he's got to, whoever wrote that executive order it wasn't him and it, it's never the president right? The, right the executive orders are always written by attorneys and everybody in the staff right but there's somebody in his organization and in his, in his administration that could articulate in two minutes exactly the problem with this critical race theory. Um, he wasn't a great messenger on that. My, my point is just that him, but that, that Wallace simply following up and asking why is race training, ra- racial sensitivity training bad? That doesn't, he wasn't saying that's a really good thing. What's your problem? It, he was saying, tell us why it's bad. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and he kind of tried, but he didn't really do a good job. You have to understand it and not agree with it. And, uh, you know, I I think my point is everyone who understood it and disagrees with it, that was their mindset before that debate. It goes back to the idea of what changed from this debate. From Trump's perspective, I don't think much. I don't think he gained any voters nor lost any voters. I do think that Biden possibly lost more voters than he gained, though. And that's really important. I think I've touched on the data out of the 2016 election. Donald Trump did not win some sort of turnout-driven electoral landslide. Hillary Clinton lost. Her numbers, she would have lost to Mitt Romney. She didn't have people turn out because nobody liked her. And so if, if Biden is alienating the hard left by disavowing the Green New Deal, which he did, although <laughs> he flip-flopped on that three times in like a like a 15 or 20 second span which was hilarious yeah but he definitely you know i think alienated some folks and aoc's out there trying to clean it up for him now well Um, i
0: think he had and you can add add to this but there was two moments where i think he really screwed up the first was when he refused to talk about the stacking the Supreme court or adding DC and Puerto Rico as states It's well known that, and the Democrats have even talked about, it. they want to do that. Um, and then the second one, and this is where I think yeah. Trump actually beat him up pretty good was when he was like, they were talking about law enforcement and Biden had no answer to, I mean, all, all law enforcement is backing Trump. Of course they are. Uh, there, Trump's not the one inciting riots or, or condoning looting and rioting. The left is so who's going to, you know, whose side are law enforcement officers going to be on? Uh, they're going to be on the side that is, you know, doesn't have their worst interest at heart. And Biden had no answer. And Trump's like, tell me, Joe, tell me one, tell me one law enforcement organization that's backing you. And the truth is there isn't one.
1: That's absolutely telling. Uh, that's telling Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I think he had a few more terrible moments and we can get to those but um you're right to me both of those instances again i, I reread the transcript and, and you're absolutely right trump really piled on right there you know even with wallace trying to rein it in those were the right moments to do that nobody you know nobody i, I would venture to guess that even those Kennedy-Nixon debates you were talking about, there was some interruption at times, right? There, there always is. It's a debate strategy, but he, he over again, he was abusive with it to the point where it's, it's the story versus what was said. And if you just listen to what was actually said, I don't think there's any question who won, you know? Yeah. Biden refused to acknowledge what he would do when we're sitting here trying to decide who to vote for. That's garbage. Like you know, he said oh, that'll be the story. So what, Joe? It's an important consideration. So answer it, right? And yeah, Trump was right to, you know, berate him into that, or it didn't work, right? But to 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 bludgeon him with it, right? And mm-hmm. the what was the second one you mentioned?
0: Uh, yeah, the law enforcement.
1: Right. I mean that's obvious. I loved it when he when he was like name name one law enforcement group that's supporting you. Name one. We've got time. The people I was watching it with, I was like, I was like, yeah, Joe, we've got time. We've all got time, man. We're, we're all sitting here watching y'all. So now there's no time for that. Yeah, no, there's plenty of time for that, man. Name (laughs) one. Yeah. You know, like there's no doubt that that's, you know, if they, you know, if Trump wins and the Democrats lose a big part of it will be what's happened this summer. Um, To me, you know, one of the most important segments of the entire discussion was when Trump very rightly pointed out that the top 10 largest American cities are all run by Democrats. And that's where all this violence is happening. And that the vast majority of the top 40 American cities are run by Democrats. That's where this is happening. And Wallace pushed back and was like, what about Fort Worth? And I remember the other city throughout there. Oh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it's like, okay, you named two moderate sized towns. Now that's, I'm, I'm not saying that to prove Wallace's bias. I think it was proving Wallace's chops of pressing the issue. And it gave Trump the opportunity to keep vetting out his point, right? Yeah. He could have said, okay, you named two of those top 40, Chris, but the reality is 34 or whatever the number is. He'd have had that stat ready. 34 of the top 40 cities in America are Democrat. So you named two. Whoop-de-doo. We see the problem. And he could have gotten into what Kim Classic is out there banging the drum about, Clasic is banging the drum about, about, you know, decades of that. And you want to talk about equality, get away from the policing issue. Look at the equality issue that's that's driven, you know, that the, the, the economic gap is driven wider and wider in those cities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Biden doesn't have, he doesn't have good answers to that. And Trump is absolutely right. He can't straight up say, I'm for law and order. He bullied him into it. And that's another moment where it was like, we'll see what that does to his electorate. You know, Um, I I think he might have turned some voters off with his condemnation of the Green New Deal. And I think that, you know, being bullied into supporting law and order, of course, he caveated it with and justice, which of course, we should all be for justice, but that's not all the time what social justice means, right? Anyway, I I just, I think those were moments where his strategy, which it was clear that was part of his strategy was to rattle Biden, where that would have been the moments to pick and he just didn't pick his spots. He was, he was just, I'd say over aggressive uh, and and it just made a big chaotic mess of it all.
0: I mean, which is interesting because you're, you're walking away from watching that and rereading the transcript saying that you think that Trump was a clear winner. I did not go back and reread it, but you know, I sat there and watched the whole thing in its entirety, and I didn't think there was a winner. I just thought it was. Uh, I think Trump missed the opportunities to really capitalize, so, and so I walked away from it thinking, "Man, I just... the only thing I feel is dumber from having watched that."
1: And, and that goes back to what I was getting at earlier in the conversation: that at some point over the last four years with Donald Trump. I came to the realization that when it comes to his policies, I'm with him at least three-fourths of the time. Yeah. When it comes to his approach and the way he advocates for those policies and the stuff that he tweets and the way that he talks and all that stuff, it's, I'm, I'm really with him about one in five statements, right? Like at 80% of the time, I can't stand the way he does it. But 75% of the time, I agree with the outcome. Right. And I'm about policy. When I listen to Biden say, Antifa is an idea. When I listen to Biden say, we should still be locked down due to COVID-19. When I listen to Biden say, you know, something like, well, specifically no more coal-fired power plants. I've got an environmental background. We can use coal. There is, the technology is here now to capture all of the carbon emissions from a coal-fired power plant. That's, that's just a fact. It's expensive, but it's there. You know, I love the fact that the left likes to hang all of the, our future on electric cars. Where are you gonna get the electricity? Right. You can't <laughs> fire, you cannot, you cannot power every home in America and every automobile in America off of wind and solar, you can't. In addition, the batteries, you ever seen a lithium mine? There's just a, the fact is power requires resources and resources require extraction, period.
0: Yeah.
1: So you can, you know, you can demonize coal and you can demonize oil and gas, even though those are, you know, two of the two enormous employers across this country. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's still a cost from, you know, a a, a, quote straight up renewable energy program. Again, Google, Google, Google image lithium mines.
0: There's the same thing that you see, you know, coming at it from my, my actual real job in the, the hunting industry is you see all these, these vegans claiming we shouldn't be eating meat. We, everyone needs to be a vegetarian or a vegan. Well, that comes at a cost. And the cost is, you know, less habitat. A whole for bunch of people
1: starving to death. I mean, a whole bunch of people starving to death, right. or being se- severely malnourished. Right. Yeah. But but
0: you, what you do is you stop taking one from one resource, so wild, you know, harvesting animals, and what you what you do is you destroy their habitat so that you can plant more soy. <laughs> you know, it's just like absolutely. It's uh, and then, they, they you know, There's the arguments about same thing with the lithium batteries versus coal or. Uh, oil and gas you're still destroying something to re to replace the thing that you're condemning
1: yeah i, th- I think we should have a whole episode about the vegan fallacies
0: uh, um, of course of course but vegans. you know
1: uh, I, I like to point one thing out and I that is everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there is there are studies that have been done at the university level that indicate that plants have some form of consciousness and some ability to communicate. So if that's the case, doesn't that completely render their argument moot?
0: Yeah, but they don't listen to fact or science. It's all emotionally driven. Yeah,
1: no, they only listen to the science that supports their global agenda, right? Right. All right, but, you know, yeah. that's a whole separate conversation. So. so were
0: there any other points in the debate where you thought Biden really just flubbed up?
1: Uh, man, I, yeah, I mean, I think there were there were plenty of them. I, I can't remember at the very early on. There was a moment where, you know, Trump had interrupted and no, I think Trump had answered and then it was Biden turns to, Biden's turn to answer and he started off on a tangent. Chris Wallace interrupted him. and was like, sir, I was asking about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, that you know, and there was this one time where he was like counting off a list. And that was, you know, each time he got on to one of his prepared prepared sort of stump speech, you know, Uh, items he'd always have his like three four five point list right and there's Mm -hmm. this moment where he's like number one such and such and and number two and and then he goes and number three and Trump Trump goes Joe you're on number two. (laughs) (laughs) It's like there were a few moments like that where and it sucks it it got lost in the noise but where Trump just zinged him and uh, you know let's see okay so he he said Antifa is an idea um,
0: and is an no, idea, there was, there was is the, the part where he is there an was idea the part burning he, down our cities? I don't see it as an idea,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. In, in, in masks and, and choking bottles of concrete and all that other stuff. Um, there's a point where he got into the whole systemic racism thing and basically said this country is racist. Um, I don't, I don't buy it, man. Humans are racist. Uh, the there is a history. Of, I don't know. I say I don't buy it. I've learned a lot lot in the summer. I I don't think our government is racist, but there are racist outcomes. uh, And some of that's legacy stuff. Yeah. Whatever. It's, it doesn't take us in a good direction to continually harp on the idea that this is, that, that this is, just a, a racist, deplorable country
0: it's the best um, country on earth I mean, yeah people, why are, why why are minorities flocking to try to get a green card to, to move here if it's so racist yep I don't I mean that doesn't that, that right there doesn't make any sense. Why do people of color or just anyone that's not Caucasian, why do they want to come here? If we're so racist, think about that. They're not looking at the U S from, from whatever third world country they're trying to escape from and saying, Oh, I don't want to go there. They're a bunch of racists. Hell no. They're thinking this is the land of opportunity. Everyone right, a fair shake, And it's the
1: land of opportunity because it's a capitalist society. And yet they want to transition us to a communist society. And many of the people you're talking about are fleeing here from communist quote-unquote utopias. I don't don't know if you saw this, but a couple weeks back, uh, late August, I think, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden both went to South Florida Mm -hmm. to specifically target Latinos where they're getting their butts kicked.
0: I saw Joe Biden playing Despacito like he was cool.
1: Right. (laughs) Well, but the even funnier one was that... Let me make sure I pronounce her name right. Kamala. Not Kamala. Kamala. Kamala Harris goes into a Venezuelan restaurant Unannounced, with her camera crew, you know the whole little, you know, let me show up and glad hand and da 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 da. And the Venezuelan gentleman who owned the place kicked her out. He was very, he was very tactful in explaining to the media why he did so, which is he wants his doors to be open to anyone regardless of politics, and therefore politicians coming in and using his establishment for their political gains is not something he's interested in. Amen, brother. But if you know anything about Venezuela, he, like most other Venezuelans in America, are here because they
0: fled communism. Venezuela, the country where a bottle of ketchup costs $300.
1: Yeah, and everybody's having to eat stray dogs. Right. Oh, and a couple of years ago, they actually passed a law that said a doctor cannot list starvation as a cause of death anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. Yep.
1: Like I said, we, we another okay, a broader topic for another conversation, but yeah, Um, you know, I, I do. I feel like I think I feel like Biden did plenty. I know one of the things I wanted to kind of wrap my uh, thought throughout this up with is this idea of, you know, the the policies versus what's being said. I think part of the reason I have a different take of this debate than the majority of people is because. I didn't expect anybody to be particularly polite and, you know, exhibit a whole lot of decorum, neither one of them. I mean, anybody who wants to claim that Joe Biden is a model of decorum and, 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 you know, and statesmanship is full of it, dude. That guy's never been that. Uh, He wasn't that in the debates against Paul Ryan, you know, back in the Obama administration, he wasn't that two nights ago. He, he's, he's not that guy His whole, come on, man. And shut up, man. And, calling the president a clown you know yeah. you might say oh well, that's because trump egged him into it well he took the bait and that's who he is what i'm getting at is i ciphered or ciphered what's the word i'm looking for i've filtered the noise and listened to what was said oh here's another moment where i thought biden looked like a complete clown to use his own words mm-hmm. and talking about covid19 efforts he was like i've been saying since march what we should do we need to make more PPE. Da, 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 da. And I was like, "Yeah, Trump did that." Yeah, Trump within sixty days had had, had the U.S. manufacturing industry tooled up, re-geared and, and cranking out ventilators, cranking out masks, crank, like bringing. You know, it, this has been one of the greatest repatriations of American manufacturing. That goes back to the start of his administration, but definitely in twenty twenty in response to this. What Biden was saying was stuff that Trump's been doing, but yeah, he acted like he hadn't. All the
0: credit for it. Meanwhile, the the, the state, uh, or the city even, I mean, New York, democratic mayor, democratic governor, most, I, I would just say, egregious COVID response in the country. <laughs> it's just, and they won't yeah. blame it on like Trump, like. And, but at the time, and Trump said this. We don't have masks. Okay, well, I never saw, in, and I live in a major metropolitan area, just outside of Dallas, we didn't have that issue here. And we had plenty of COVID cases, but we never ran out of ventilators. People weren't lining the, the halls of the hospital dying. It, it, yep. know, it was all, um, you know, that, that part of it was all manufactured by the media. Uh, 200,000 people died. Yeah. Well, that's really unfortunate. And they were all high risk people, 99% of them. So, you know, it's, uh,
1: it's unfortunate. But, but even, even further than that, Andrew Cuomo, uh, Gavin Newsom, these leftist governors, they were singing Donald Trump's administration's praises at that time for the fact that he was getting them what they needed yeah. while they were underwater, while they were in Cuomo's case in particular, grossly mismanaging the situation and sending sick people back into nursing homes, which he's trying to gaslight us into pretending and believing never happened. Yeah. But he said that, right? Like that was just barely touched on. But, you know, anybody who forgot, or didn't hear or isn't aware that at that time that that Biden was claiming nothing was being done, those politicians, those democratic politicians were actually saying, man, everything I've asked for, this guy's got me. You know, mm. it was just complete. It was it was nonsense that he tried to claim that, you know, and it was nonsense to try to claim that we shouldn't, you know, that that Man, you can go back to Fauci's original estimates, and we're pretty much right where he had estimated it, a couple hundred thousand deaths from this. Like, it, there's. I've had debates with friends and uh, and even some family on this that are like, they seem to think that if we had just stayed strictly locked down for longer, we would have just like, like eliminated
0: it. There's no Dude, vaccine, Chisholm. There's no vaccine.
1: Dude, the virus is in humans now. That's all there is to it. We weren't going to just snuff it out of existence. We just weren't. And, and if you go back to March, nobody was saying we were supposed to, we were supposed to flatten the curve. And all that flattening the curve meant was not letting our healthcare system get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And as far as I can tell, the only healthcare system that ever got overwhelmed was New York. Was in New York yep. and Trump bailed them out of it.
0: Yep.
1: You know, I, I'm not, I hate the fact that you're considered heartless. If you point out that half of everybody who's died from this is over 80 years old. Oh, so they don't matter. I'm not saying they don't matter, dude, but that's what old people do. And we all need to come back to grips with reality. You know, I You're had a, forever. I saw a lady, I saw a lady here locally in my neighborhood on ne- the next door app arguing the other day when the CDC announced that 94% as of mid August, 94% of every death certificate in America that had COVID-19 listed had at least one other major comorbidity, diabetes, heart disease, da-da-da-da, right? Yeah. Listed as a as an additional cause of death. Only 6% of all the COVID deaths didn't have a comorbidity listed. And so somebody points that out next door and she's like, y'all don't understand. That's not how that works. If someone has a heart attack with COVID-19, it was the COVID-19 that caused it. For example, her father-in-law, 91 died of a heart attack and he was, quote, perfectly healthy before that. I was like, man, you're, I'm sorry that you, I didn't say anything. I'm sorry for your loss. I've got a 90 something year old grandfather. He's like two. I don't want him to die from this, but it's just a matter of when, not if, right. That whole segment to me, like, but, but that's partly, but that's been my, my, my position on it ever since day one. And you know, I realized that not everybody shares that view. I, I don't, I don't know what world they live in. Um, you know, there's 330 million people in America and we've lost 200,000 of this disease. I think that's like 0.003% of the population. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I said, over half of them were quite elderly and by and large, not quite all of the other half, but the majority of the other half were pretty sick already. And, you know, you want to talk about what to do about COVID-19. How about we get everybody in shape get everybody eating right how come nobody talks about that because it's called fat shaming now right right <laughs> i do that guy mofax that i mentioned he pointed something out that i hadn't even considered yet but <laughs> look at the types of things that have been locked down restaurants bars well let's just barring a bar is a vice i, I want to talk about some hold on. restaurants by and large a lot of restaurants these days are places where you can get a pretty healthy meal, like a farm to table type place, whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> Gretchen Whitmer up in Michigan, who's at least as scary as Kamala Harris. She wouldn't let people plant gardens this spring. Hmm. Did you know that not. she that. was like, she was specifically shutting down the outdoor section of home Depot when all the science suggests that being outside in the sunlight is, Probably the best place for you, right? She would let people plant gardens that they would then be able to harvest healthy vegetables from.
0: Well, we've seen a major increase in the number of folks participating in hunting and fishing recreation due, due to COVID. Yeah, uh, Texas
1: almost, almost, uh, they were at it. They were, I remember at one point, well, it was when we went turkey hunting together. They were talking about possibly just opening up deer season in the middle of summer, <laughs> right? Um, so that people could get food. But but my point is, did you see a single McDonald's close down? Hell no. Fast food restaurants were essential services. But restaurants where you could get good food, stores where you could buy supplies to plant your own garden in some places, yeah, those were shuttered. This, uh, so you could get yourself more unhealthy with fast food because that was essential, but you couldn't this, go get the supplies to plant a garden.
0: Exactly. And this gal that uh, sometimes babysits our kids, she's a, a manager at a Sonic. And she said they had never been busier than exactly dude. when, you know, after the initial first wave of COVID, once people were like, okay, it's it's safe to get food from a restaurant, dude, fast food. Look, how, like, we, we can't even keep up with the demand. It's insane.
1: How many people do you know that are saying, Oh, I've gained 10, 15, 20 pounds throughout this. Cause they have been locked in their homes with their kids. Haven't, which, you know, even that is going to prompt m- more fast food eating, then maybe you would have otherwise done, and n- then everybody's miserable and half depressed, so they're drinking, right? I, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've seen some people like blow up this year, man.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I, I, you know, when you think about it in those terms, I start to think, is this deliberate, man? Like, was it? In t- <laughs> I, that's a conspiracy theory. Obviously, it's out there and ridiculous, but it's just like. You know, the, Rogan careful, talks about that careful. all the time. You're
0: going to get fact-checked by Instagram. They're going to put a fact-checker on your post and say, false nah. information.
1: We don't have anybody listening yet anyway. Yeah.
0: That's no problem. <laughs> uh, did you see where... We, we do need to wrap this up, but there was a lot of stuff going around that Biden had a wire on. And whether it was a wire where people were feeding him answers or if it was just a crease in his shirt, which is what all of the left... uh the left wing outlets have been saying that doesn't matter to me. I don't really care one way or the other. What matters to me is that you or I don't know the answer. The folks over at Facebook and Instagram don't know the answer. No one really knows if he had a wire on or not, but they have taken it upon themselves to put false information, fact checker, independent fact checker, which is hired by them. So it's not independent. uh, They've put that false information claim on any post saying that he had a wire on so, God willing, yeah. when Trump wins this election, I hope he absolutely destroys Facebook and Instagram because they are no longer, and we've talked about this, that platform they claim to be where people just come on and uh, share fr- freely their thoughts and beliefs. No, 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 no. When you're controlling the narrative, you are now a publishing entity. And, uh, and I, I, I hope that he wins despite his pompousness, his arrogance. Um, like you've said he's a disruptor but it's certainly better than the alternative and and going back to one thing you said do i like trump the person no not in the least do i agree with most of his policy yes and uh the monopoly that's become those social media outlets uh, i think needs to be dealt with
1: yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I agree. That's all you all that. got,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, the the wire thing. I, I don't know. This Trump brought that up before the debate. He wanted and you know somebody to invest to to basically like do his, an inspection, he had a inspection. In, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, that was sort of planted, and then obviously reacted to when he didn't quite have the horrific meltdown that I think a lot of r- people on the right were hoping for, and whatever, man. It, <laughs>
0: Yeah, but to me, I don't know what I, to your... what I care about is them censoring people's right to believe what they want to believe. Whether because they don't know. How does Instagram know? How do you or I know? That nobody knows.
1: No, yeah. So let me you're right. I shouldn't have just dismissed it. The the, the I, I think that the tech industry in general is the twenty first century version of, you know, communist Hollywood, right? Yeah. And and the and the quote mainstream traditional media. They're the new version of that. Thankfully, they can't rein it all in, right? Hollywood had, Hollywood and the traditional television media have had a grip on the distribution of those medias that, uh, you know, nobody really cracked until Fox news basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I don't know how they keep like you and i from putting a podcast up right right um they can censor what you say on social media and certainly try to but people are onto that and to your point i would love to see i would love to see the government bring the hammer down on that
0: yeah well, well, know, this is ironic they, because you and i are both against big government but right at, on some uh, at some level enough is enough i mean they've They've proven that they can't fairly regulate themselves because they're too biased, so
1: yeah uh, right i mean we we are certainly against big government, but you know that doesn't mean we're against no government and no regulation I've never you know
0: well it's I, there like some, of the first amendment is what it is is that bottom line is so you know
1: well it's technically crazy. it's not right because it's not the government themselves doing it it's a private those are private companies, it's no different than. The company that I work for, right? Saying you're not allowed to say this at at work,
0: right? But with the caveat that they are a publisher.
1: Right. And that's so that that's where there are already laws in place. And it's a matter of how you classify that space as to whether those laws apply or not. And you're exactly right. If they just get treated as a publisher, then. Is that right? Is that, I remember learning about that about a year and a half ago, like utility versus publisher versus whatever classification it is. There, 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 there is a way to basically roll them in where, yeah, they're, they're not allowed to do that. Um, you know, at the same time there, it's not working. Um, it might be working on a segment of the population, but that segment in my opinion is shrinking. So it's crooked and evil. It's deliberate uh, it's it's part of, an, of, a, of a much larger overall agenda um, to me the way to battle it is to uh, is to just keep fighting it like we have uh, you know show everyone that you can and when that happens to you and you know there's plenty of people on both sides of the aisle that are that are sick and fed up with it and are complaining about it uh, and I think that's a good thing is that maybe one of the only areas where there's some level of agreement that there's a problem there. You know, there's plenty of Democrats who have had their own words censored because maybe they have the guts to say out loud or on the internet that, you know, men are men and women are women. Right. And then they get silenced. I feel like the one good thing about the internet is they can try that. But again, unless and until they can, somebody has the ability to delete your page from existence you can always put that out there. only problem with the Facebooks of the world is that they already have all the users.
0: Yeah, it's a monopoly and they buy up anybody else that's a competitor.
1: That, that it's clear as day that the tech industry is in on the scam and you know, it's part of why I don't have anything but an Instagram account and the only thing I ever I don't even post on it anymore. I just look at other people's pictures for, you know, a couple of 3 minute distraction here and there.
0: Yeah, but that's a far cry from someone like myself who's trying to run a business or millions of other conservatives out there who depend on those platforms because they are monopolized to run a business. Uh, Unfortunately, we got to get out of here, Chisholm. Uh, Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon. I don't even think it's going to be next week. It's probably going to drop here in the next couple days because we're going to recap that shit show that people want to call a presidential debate. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith saying thanks for checking out Justified Pursuit.